Most of us have heard the passage from Genesis chapter 2 in the Bible that says, the two shall become one. And if you're honest, becoming a good team with your spouse is going to take some time. It doesn't happen overnight. And we're going to talk about that today. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg Smalley, who speaks with his wife, Erin, at marriage events. And uh, together they lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. Erin's out today. But um, after this clip, we'll hear from Greg about um, couples who are working well together. Uh, Right now, though, let's turn to Bill and Pam Farrell. They're a fun couple. And uh, they answered a question from somebody who is um, working to improve his relationship. Here's Jim Daly to set it up. We have a clip from someone who struggles in this area with selfishness, and I think, again, it's one of the key things. We touched on it last time, but let's touch on it again. Let's play this clip and have you respond. My wife and I got married in our early 30s, and we're finding it difficult to transition from doing things my way and her way, or my stuff and her stuff, to our stuff and our way. It's very frustrating because we're so used to living as single adults, and now we're kind of thrown into marriage. So what can we do as a team, and how can we start thinking as a team? That's awesome. In um, 10 Best Decisions a Couple Can Make, that one of the chapter tiles is the we is greater than the me. It's like a math equation. Mm. And um, we even have a T-shirt that says one man plus one woman together for life equals great marriage. Mm. And so when you have that, let's add the best of who are each of us is into this new relationship and get that team thing going, you're unstoppable. So he's right. That is a great goal for them to be having. And to do that, um, we had to sit down and have regular business meetings. We honestly had to you know, have that once a week date night that was romantic, but we had to have a once a week business meeting. All right, let's look at our schedules. Let's look at our priorities. Let's look at our careers. Who needs to come first this week? And how do we make that decision? And um, we had to be very, you know, just like you would sit down and at your office and have business meetings, you can do that with your marriage too. Well, well, I just think first step is to expect it. Like we go into marriage expecting it to be really smooth, it's going to be easy. You know, we, we're just so caring about one another. We're going to work all this stuff out really easy. And really what we should be telling couples is it's going to be fun. But you should expect that you're going to test one another. Because there are areas of insecurity in all of our lives. And whether we voice it or not, I'm asking the question, can I trust Pam with the areas of my life where I'm insecure? Hmm. And in all those areas, I'm going to test her. We test yeah. our men all the time, as women especially. What, what does that look like? Give Do me an I example. Do I look fat in this? And there's like no really good way. Let's use another example. Yeah. <laughs> That's the no-win yeah. question. Yeah, the closest Bill has come to an answer for that is, I don't know, I'm so bedazzled by your beauty, I can't think oh, straight. Oh, yeah, you're so good. So feel free yeah, to use yeah. that one. Yeah, just so, repeat that one. That's his default. <laughs> yeah, um, but we do, we test each other all the time to see what is more valuable, your job or me? What is more valuable, <laughs> that car or me? You know, and so... And, and first, as a guy, okay, I know Pam's real spontaneous. So first year of our marriage, I had us made a budget. Now, part of it was because I wanted us to be responsible financially, and I had heard the presentations about how important all that is. But part of it, too, is I wanted to see if Pam would keep a budget. Is her spontaneous? You were testing her. I, yeah. <laughs> I hate to admit it, but yeah, it Does was. Does she cause... respect me enough to go along with like our agreements financially? And we have a funny story, actually, with that one. And um, so we made this agreement that we weren't going to spend more than X amount of dollars unless we called and checked in with each other. 
So I'm an entrepreneur. I go to this conference and I buy the magic beans. And um, on the way home, I have buyer's remorse because it is more than the amount that I was supposed to have called and checked in. So and you I, violated the agreement. Oh, I totally yeah. violated it. And, and, you know, and these rationalized are, it. And oh. These are the situations that blow things up. Right, right. right. So on the way home, yeah. I'm like, oh, I've totally violated Bill's trust. And the Holy Spirit is just convicting me um, about your word. You gave your word. Does your word not mean anything? And so God's really going after me. And I'm like, okay, God, help a girl out because I obviously got myself in trouble here. So help a girl out. Uh, tell me how to bring this up with my husband in a way that will build our marriage. And so I just shot up a desperate prayer. Well, I walked in and he, God answered me. I walked in and I said, honey, I'm going to tell you something and you're not going to like it, but I need you to tell me I love you and we'll get through this together. Mm. And so she told me, and through gritted teeth, I smiled. said, I love you, Pam, and we will get through this together. Now, we worked it all out, um, and you know, I worked out the way to earn money to pay that back and re-earn Bill's trust. Well, ten years later, fast forward, um, my dad died. He leaves a significant amount of money um, in this state to me, and Bill's really great at investments and things. But we had our own. Well, you know, there's plenty of those investment fraud things going around. Well, it, we had. It's our, nice that Pam referred to as an investment. It was more of a donation. Right, right. <laughs> and so the day he had to Ouch. come home and tell me that those, you know, many zeros were no longer in our bank account, he shot up a prayer. God, how can I tell Pam this? So I said, Pam, I have something to tell you and you're not going to like it. And what I need you to tell me is I love you, Bill, and we'll get through this together. Mm. And I remembered the grace that I had been given as a newlywed 10 years before and so it was easy to give that same grace again mm, yeah. back Sounds to like your magic beans may have been less expensive than his magic they, beans. They significantly, <laughs> yes, significantly less. But it's the heart that matters in that illustration. Exactly. And that's a, that's a great way to look at it. Our marriage was yeah. more important than our bank account at that point. And it would have been easy for me to just fire up on Pam. What were you thinking? What were you yeah. doing? And so many couples go there. That rather than preserve the heart, right. they comment on each other's behavior. All right, Greg, so following up on the stories we've heard, um, this really does tie into our marriage preparation theme for the month. How does someone learn to show grace while they're dating? Because so often, I've got the perfect me on, and you've got the perfect you, and it's all perfect. Yeah, a lot of times we don't go through big conflicts or a lot of challenges, although Aaron and I did. <laughs> so yes. we I've heard a story dating. or two, yes. Um, yeah, my 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 whole family instantly loved Aaron and honestly put a lot of pressure on me, like don't screw this up, <laughs> to the point where one time Aaron and I were on a date having some dinner and I, I just felt compelled to say, y you know what, I, I, I just I feel like we just need to slow things down, you know. I explained myself, feel like I'm getting a lot of pressure from my family, and so let's just slow things down. Well, apparently, she heard something very different. Uh -oh. She heard breaking up. And not too long after that, I actually heard that she was dating someone else. And I'm thinking, that is not what slowing <laughs> down means. And, and I was hurt. I was wow. upset. I was frustrated. Yeah. Like, what happened? And I think that was one of the very first times that I had to learn how to give grace. And I think hmm. looking back, what that meant for me is that 
I really needed to give her the benefit of the doubt. Instead of jumping to conclusions, maybe what she's up to, or this is a person who's never going to be loyal or whatever, she doesn't like me, um, sort of maintain an attitude that, although I think I know exactly what she's doing, uh, I could be wrong, which then causes us to go to that person and, and really seek to understand. Mm. So so I, I gave her the benefit of the doubt in my mind going, yeah, maybe something else is going on. Maybe I'm misreading the situation. Um, maybe someone informed me wrongly about what she was doing. And so I went to her and said, hey, help me understand. I, I, th- I thought I said this, which meant this to me. What did you hear? And instantly she was able to, to say, oh, I clearly heard you say you were breaking up. And as much as I wanted to argue and debate that, it it made sense, which then it was just a great reminder that that how difficult communication is and how most of the time we probably hear the other person wrong. But but I tell you, John, grace meant that that by giving her the benefit of the doubt, it kept me from jumping to a whole lot of wrong conclusions that probably would have shut me down, maybe even would have caused me to go forget her and move on. Mm-hmm. This is now my wife of 30 years. Like what if what if I hadn't felt compelled to do that because God has given me grace. Yeah. And because of that, you know, it's just a good reminder Aaron's a human being. She's going to make mistakes, things will happen. Okay. So let me kind of keep that tentative attitude. It could be wrong. Let me give her the benefit of the doubt. Let me now check it out. And then we were able to to clarify things and literally uh, I said at the end of that meeting I'd like for you to break up with this other person or not see this other person, and I'd really like us to be exclusive. And hmm. she did, and wow. we were engaged probably months after that conversation. Hmm. I appreciate the story, and I hope that if you're in a, a position of exploring marriage or a long-term commitment in your relationship, and you're thinking, how do I get ready for this? How do I find an opportunity to show grace? Learn from Greg and some of what Pam and Bill shared Um, just know you're going to be different. There will be plenty of opportunities eventually. You can't force something, but I really appreciated what uh, you said, Greg. Ask, talk, think aloud, be willing to go there to some of those places that, uh, okay, um, that's a little deeper level of relationship. Well, for more advice from Bill and Pam Farrell, get their book, The First Five Years. Uh, That's available to you for a monthly pledge or if you can't do that, a one-time gift of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. Uh, Donate and get the book. Uh, The links are in the show notes. And if it feels like you have an area in the relationship that needs improvement, but you're not quite sure what to do about it, uh, take our free marriage assessment. That'll uh, give you some insights. It's a great diagnostic tool. It's a very affirming tool for what's going well in the relationship. It'll give you some points of growth as well. That's free. takes a few minutes uh, to fill it out, and we'll link over to it in the show notes. Next time, you'll hear from Jeff Scruggs about how God convicted him to be a better husband. For now, on behalf of the Smallies and the entire team here, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. <music>